Hallelujah. Sister Megan, I've got some notes inside. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1. Hallelujah. Now, we told you that we're going to be talking um, about, last week we talked about, just kind of had an opening on make every chain. We've seen this on break every chain. I love it. And I love the thought of chains being broken uh, away from sin. But I also believe that it's important that we allow God to disciple us to new levels. Can you say amen? So it's important that we are made in his image. And since sin happened, it's, a, it's, it's something that we continually do. We continually try to, to be more like him as individuals and as a body of Christ. And so it's important for us to, uh, if we're going to see strongholds come down, I'm not just talking about strongholds in our personal lives, but strongholds in our families, strongholds in our church, and strongholds in our communities and in our nation, we're going to have to uh, learn to be unified together so that we can do a work for the Lord. Dad's always said this, and I believe this to be true. God's not the author of confusion, and he won't bring people into confusion. God's not the author of confusion, and so he's not going to bring new converts into confusion. All right? So we need to make sure that we're unified. And so that's what we're going to be talking about here tonight. And if the Lord wants us to, uh, we'll, we will talk about this next Sunday as well. Make every chain. Hallelujah. Unity. Bible says here in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep, everybody say, the unity. So endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that we walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. So we understand this is walking in the will of the, of the Lord. Hallelujah. Every day, walking in the Spirit, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In our daily walks, in the direction that God gives us, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation. Whereas, you, How are we to walk with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering and forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity? So today we're going to take and break this scripture down. And we're going to talk and basically talk about in order for us to, be, to have unity in the church, that uh, unity in the church is not a it is not a collective act as much as it is an individual act. Did you hear what I just said? 
It's not a collective act as much as it is an individual act. In other words, Brother Jared can't get up here and say, all right, we have unity, and then boom, we've got unity, everything's good. No, it is a decision that every single one of us have to make that we're going to have unity in this church. Young people in your youth group, it's your decision whether you're going to have unity in your youth. Brother Matt and Sister Brooke can't get up and say, all right, we're going to have unity. So in our crest, we're going to have this little ribbon that comes across. You know what we're talking about. We're going to have unity. So we're going to write it on what we do, and then we're going to have it. Nope, it doesn't work. It's an individual act. You have to decide. So I'm going to give you some help here today individually. I'm going to talk to each individual here today about how that we can promote unity and make every chain. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we love you. We're grateful, Lord, for all that you've done for us today. We're so thankful, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to learn about this very important ingredient, Lord. We know, Lord, that you that you said that that by the unity of the brethren, Lord, that, that we'll be known as Christians, God. We we, this is vital for us to understand here tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would help me to be able to give it, Lord, as you would give it if you were here, God, behind this pulpit. We pray, God, that you would move upon the listeners here tonight, God. Help us here tonight, Lord, to, to receive your word and then to apply your word to our lives. We love you so much, and we're so grateful uh, for this opportunity to learn. In your name we pray. The church said amen. Hallelujah. So we talk about three parts that a believer is to be to promote unity. And this is talked about right here in Ephesians chapter 4. And I think that this is so important. And we understand that the last verse talks about endeavoring to keep, to keep the unity, okay? So that means that whenever you get saved, you don't just, boom, you have unity, and then, you know, you're good. You don't ever have to worry about it again. Right? It's not the way that it works. Anybody been safe for any time, any length of time at all knows that there's going to be times where we're going to struggle with, with our brethren or our sistren. <laughs> all right? In the Lord. All right? So what do, the, the, the thing that, I'm, that I want to get across to us in, in this session is I want us to understand that it's vital for us to be right. Okay? You know, I've 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 talked to a lot of a lot of uh, people in, uh, about marriage and and had counseling with couples. And one of the things that I really stress to to the couples whenever I first meet with them is that, you know, you don't really have uh, the ability to make decisions for your spouse. You don't have the ability to make your spouse. Have the right attitude. All right? You can't make them do what they're supposed to do. Why? Because they're an individual. All right? God has designed them to make decisions. But what do you have control over? You have control over you. So instead of, Brother White, you trying to make Sister White the perfect wife, <laughs> All right, you see what I'm saying? Instead of me trying to make Sister Mandy the perfect wife, I can't do that. But I can try to be the perfect husband. Does that make sense to everybody? 
So I want you to understand that you can only control what you do. Now, you can pray for others. You can, you can give advice. You can, you know, go to authority and take care of things the way that they were designed to be taken care of, and that's good to do. But I want to encourage you here today, as far as the ability to control things, the only thing that you have control over, complete control over, is you. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. All right? In other words, how are we going to be able to unify together in this church, to have unity in this church, in this youth group, in the, the young adults group, in the joy group? How are we going to be able to take all of these levels from the children's church all the way up and for every one of us to be able to get along? I think first we have to look at ourselves. Amen? I think first we have to look at ourselves and make sure that we are at the place that we need to be. I know a preacher who said, I believe it was William Hill, and I can't remember exactly. I don't want to really put a name on it. Maybe it was, uh, anyway, it doesn't, that, it doesn't matter. Mandy always tells me that. Quit getting the details. You, it doesn't matter. But they said that when somebody came to them about a problem with somebody in the church, then he would tell that person, pray for him for 30 days and come back to me. Who was it? Was it Branham? I think it was Branham. ACE guy, okay. So I was way off on both accounts. But he said, pray for him for 30 days, then come back to me. And what you find is whenever you pray for somebody, it doesn't necessarily change them as much as it does what? As it changes you. So it's so important for us. All right, so what are three things here that we can find in this scripture, in Ephesians chapter 4, that, that the writer is telling us that we need to, to, to have to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace? Number one, humility. Humility. So what is this saying? This is saying for us to be humble. He says, with all lowliness. With all lowliness. I'm going to tell you something. That's the way that you get God. You guys have told me, you guys have heard me say that so much. If you want the attention of God, then get humble. Amen? Get humble. I talked about, I, I preached a sermon uh, at Brother Hurst Church one time and talked about how that we got to climb. We got to, you know, we got that, that Moses, he, he asked that to, you know, to, to see God a new way. And, and, and God said, there is a place. And he said, get rid of all the distractions and get up, uh, climb that mountain. I talked about get high, you know, get, get, you know, do whatever you can to climb, to climb, to climb. And, and then we brought him to an altar and prayed. And afterwards, Brother Clifford came to me and he said, he said, I, I, he said, that was good tonight, Brother Jared, but don't forget that when you climb and you get high, that also Moses had to get into the cleft of the rock. He had to get low too. Hallelujah. That was the way that he seen the presence of God in a new way was humility. Humility is so important. Not proud or arrogant. This is what humble means. Not proud or arrogant. Modest. The opposite of pride. This virtue is listed first because of Paul's emphasis on unity. Pride promotes disunity, right? Humility promotes unity. And to counteract their past pride so as to facilitate obedience to and dependence on God, Christ was the supreme example of humility. All right, so we see this example by 
Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. So, what, what, in other words, what he's saying is that all the time before, Jesus was watching these people. They were coming in. Paul was watching. He's watching these. He was part of them coming in. You got this proud man who comes, and he gives a lot. He announces to everybody, oh, look at me. This is what I gave in the offering. Look at me. This is what I... And then you got that little, that little woman with the two mites that come, and Jesus stops heaven. You think about it. He, star, he stops his disciples and says, come over here. I want to show you something. It's this person right here that came in. You see that person who gave the, the large amount. They had a lot to give. But this little widow woman, she gave all that she had. Hallelujah. And she came humble. And she was more blessed than the other. So what are you telling me? Humility is vital. You see, if we get proud, if we get proud in ourselves, we get proud, then we don't want anybody to come against our pride. You know, it's, it's about us then. It's all self-centered, right? It's about us. It's about me. It's about what I do. It's about my sermon. It's about my song. It's about my, you understand what I'm saying? It's all about me. It's not about anybody else. When you are when you can get humble and realize that it, it's not about you, but it's about God. Hallelujah. It's about Him. It's about salvation. It's about healing. It's about deliverance. It's about Him. You can't do anything on your own. It's when we when we find out that we, that, that or, or when we get humble, that, that we can bind together because we realize that we can't do it on our own. We realize that we need other people. We need God and we need so many different things. Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 8 says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, it's talking about Jesus said, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. He said he had no reputation. He wasn't doing it for, he wasn't doing it because he was proud. He was humble. Hallelujah. What a great example that we have from God uh, of humility. Hallelujah. So what are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that when we realize that we can't do it on our own, when we stay humble, that's when we can bind with other people. But when we think that we've got it all right, we got it all figured out. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you something. From the top down, I haven't got it all figured out. I need the Lord. I need His help. I need direction. I need you. We need each other. Hallelujah. We need to be able to bind together if we're going to see something great done in this church for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. All right, so the second thing that we see here, he says, with all lowliness and meekness. Meekness. To be meek is, is gentleness. Mildness. All right? Gentleness. Mildness. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, now listen to these words, man. This is so cool. Are you ready? Ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Listen. In the spirit of, of meekness. Bring that scripture up, sister. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. I want, I want to show you this. I want you to see this. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a, flo in a, in a flock, <laughs> in a fault, ye which are spiritual. What are, what are the spiritual ones? 
spiritual ones that are the ones that have it all together, right? Spiritual ones are the ones that have the answer for everything. Spiritual ones are the ones that, no, sir. The spiritual ones are the proud ones that, you know, always wear the tie, and they always have everything perfect. And they're always praying for everybody else because they don't ever have any needs because they're, no. And I can tell you right now, just because I wear a tie every Sunday doesn't make me the most spiritual person. Just because I, I, I'm up here praying for people doesn't mean that there are times whenever I'm not up in that up in that office up there with my head in the floor crying, saying, God, I don't have the answer, and I need you. Amen? So the Bible tells us here that if you're spiritual, you'll be what? You'll be meek. Ye that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. In other words, in the spirit of gentleness. In the spirit of mildness. Consider thyself, it says, lest thou also be tempted. Consider thyself. Now, problems need to be handled, but they need to be handled in the right way and in the right attitude. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25 says, In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. In what? Instructing those that oppose themselves? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. I'm telling you, attitude is vital. We've heard, we've heard people preach holiness without the attitude. That's what we want. Amen? Hallelujah. So, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. Colossians 3, 12 says, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. 1 Peter 3, 16 says, Having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil against you, as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. You can have that good conscience if you not only are right, but if you do it right. I'm reminded of what... what uh, um, Brother uh, Hubbard said, when he said, you can be 100% right and 200% out of place. 100% right and 200% out of place. Vital for us to understand. We've got to do it, but we've got to do it right. This is the opposite of self-assertion, rudeness, or harshness. Hallelujah. I'm telling you how to have unity here. I'm, I, if somebody... I always talk about problem solving with, with football, all right? If you have somebody that throws you past, say me and Mandy are in the middle of a discussion. You know what I mean by a discussion, right? <laughs> Mandy and I are in the middle of a discussion. All right, if I come to Mandy and I, and I have a problem with something that she's done, if I come to her and I say, uh, you know, something like, uh, if I start out with, you know what, I am sick and tired of blah, blah, blah. How far do you think that's going to get me? It's not going to get you very far, huh? Probably get you to the doghouse. Right? All right. Why? Because I came her to her in the wrong way. You want to defuse a, 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 a screaming match? Then talk low. Amen? You can do what Matt used to do. He said, you just, just play dead. 
He said, ain't nobody going to argue with a dead person. Just lay down and play dead. <laughs> no, but if you, de- to defuse, what are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that if you keep the right attitude, all right, then that's so important. So, um, what I got to do is I've got to come to Mandy in the right way. All right? I want to be 100% right, and I want to be 100% in place. All right? Not 200% out of place. I want to come with the right attitude. What are you saying, brother? Meekness, the way that you approach things, without self-assertion, without rudeness, without harshness. I love what this says. It suggests having one's emotions under control. Having one's emotions under control. Let me tell you something, parents, just a little, just a little add in here. Raising your children, one of the best things you can ever teach your children is self-control. Some of the times I look at my kids and I say, listen, where'd one of my kids go? Jared, listen, Jared, if you can't control yourself, then that means I'm going to have to control you. All right? If they don't get that, if they don't understand that, and and they lose control continually, and they're allowed to scream and holler, and they're allowed to do this and that, then what's going to happen whenever that police officer pulls him over for speeding? You're going to be going and throwing down about six, seven hundred bucks to get him out of the hooskow. All right? Ain't no fun then, is it? All right? Self-control. We've got to have self-control. And when you're dealing with somebody in the church, in order for us to have unity, we have to come to each other in the right way. All right, so humility, meekness, and then the last one here is patience. Patience. I've got quite a bit on this, so uh, it's pretty much the last page of your handouts here. Patience is the spirit which never gives up, for it endures to the end, even in times of adversity. It is the self-restraint which does not hastily retaliate a wrong. It's not about retaliation. It's about restoration. It's not about retaliating in your marriage. It's about restoring it. It's not about retaliating, you know, against that somebody said something, you know, against you. It's about... It's about restoring that relationship. Let me tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna teach on this one of the, one of the times, but it's about winning. All right, I said this the other night in, in with the men's class, and they told me that I needed to teach this with the women too. <laughs> but it's about winning. It's about winning in marriage. It's not about winning an argument. And if you come into a discussion with the attitude of, I've got to win this argument, then you may win the argument, but you may lose the marriage. Amen? You may win the argument, but you may lose a friend. You may win the argument, but you may lose a member out of Lighthouse Ministries. Why? Because... You didn't come to them as in trying to win in the ultimate thing that we're trying to win in. You came to them as trying to win an argument. That's the wrong way to come. 
We've got to look long term on this thing. All right, we've got to win in the long run. And if I've got to lose a few arguments for me to win in my marriage, that's what I'll do. If I've got to say I'm sorry, if I was wrong, some people said you, you're never wrong. Well, you're wrong about never being wrong. All right? So patience is a spirit which never gives up. I'm telling you, if, if, I, if you could get that here today, if you could get what I just said, if you could take that, if there's anything that you, that you learned, if you could take that concept and take it home with you and never forget it about winning, I'm going to tell you something. That can go a long ways in relationships. That can go a long ways. All right, let's get back into patience. Here we go. Proverbs 14.29 says, He that is slow to wrath is of good understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Let me read that to you in the Amplified Version. He who is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who is hasty of spirit, listen, exposes and exalts his own faults or his own folly. That reminds me of the thing that Grandpa used to say. He said, it's better for people to thank you a fool than for you to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Amen? Better to be thoughtful than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Hallelujah. So what are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you that it's vital that you understand when it comes to unity that patience is so important. You know, the first thing that the flesh wants to do when it, something comes against you is lash back. Right? Somebody says something about my hair. You know what I'm saying? Well, look at your shoes. Did you brush your teeth this morning? Somebody over here just said no. <laughs> All right. So what so so what are you saying? I'm telling you the first thing that you your flesh wants to do is it wants to strike back, but that does not promote unity. Somebody may have lashed out at you because they had had a horrible morning. They may have lashed out at you because their family's fallen apart. They may have lashed so so you throwing stones because they threw stones, all you're going to do is just get in a rock fight. And you're going to end up hurt and they're going to end up hurt and somebody may end up dying spiritually. Both of you may up dying may end up dying spiritually. I'm going to tell you something. You take bitterness and hold it close to you, it's nothing but poison. All right, so what are you going to do to be unified? I'm telling you, patience is vital for you to be unified. Realize that there are different people in different stages of their spiritual life. And I'm going to tell you something. There's been times whenever I've been very strong, even at my spiritual age, how long I've been saved. Still today, I have bad days. Still today, church, I have struggles. Still today, I make mistakes and lash out. And what I really need is somebody to say, Brother Jared, what's the matter, bub? What's really bothering you? Well, you know, I've had this, this person's, you know, aggravated at this person in the church, and this person made this mistake, and this, and I've got a lot piled on me right now. And usually about that time, I'll look at Mandy whenever she asks me that, and I'll say, I'm sorry. 
I apologize. I, I'm just, there's a lot on me. And that doesn't give me an excuse to do it. Amen? Still needs to be an apology, and I still need to change my, my actions. But yet somebody had patience with me and didn't just, you know, go ahead and shove me off the, the edge. Amen? All right, so James chapter 1, verse 19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Mm. Mm. Let me do that again. Mm. Swift to hear. You got two ears, one mouth, right? Swift to hear. Slow to speak. Swift to hear. Slow. Let me tell you something. You want to know how that this church will become a church that's unified, that can pull down strongholds of the enemy? It's when we learn to listen. It's when we learn to listen. And I'm going to tell you, from right here, I can raise both my hands. You get so busy, you don't have time to listen. You don't have time to hear. You want an answer just like that. I've told some of you when you come to me with problems, one of the, one of the, one of the things that, that if I don't have the answer, I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to try to just swing at it. I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I'll get back with you, though. Or I don't know, but I know so-and-so went through this. Let me refer you. Amen? It's okay not to have the answer every time just like that. All right? Slow to speak, but, but you can listen. I, I can't remember what that was up there on my wall, Dad. Do you remember? Be the type of person. I can't remember exactly what that was. Um, if you can find that, somebody, I think somebody got it for me or I got it from one of our staff things. just came to my mind. He that is slow, or uh, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and then listen to this, slow to wrath. Slow to wrath. Slow to speak. I'm going to tell you something. You can run somebody down real quick. You got it? What's it say, Dad? Read that. Speak in such a way that others love to listen to you. Listen in such a way that others love to speak to you. Isn't that good? Got that hanging on my office. I guess I haven't memorized that yet. So be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Now, I want to read this to you in the Amplified Version as well. This is so, so awesome how it explains this. Understand this. Are you ready for this? My beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear a ready listener, slow to speak. Now listen to this. This is so good. This is what this means. Slow to take offense. Did you hear that? I'm trying to give us some help, just personally, us, okay? Lighthouse, okay, this is us. This is the core. Us, to, We're going to have people that, that say things, all right? But what we need to do is we need to be quick to listen, all right? Be ready listeners. But then, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and slow to get angry. Whew, man, 
Oh, my goodness. Help us, God, to have patience. Help us, Lord, to have patience. A ready listener, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and to get angry. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than a mighty man, or better than the mighty. And he that ruleth is his spirit than he that taketh a city. Ephesians 4.2, again, we're going we're gonna to go over this, and then I want to read a little part here in the Amplified Version as well. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love. Now remember, this is the first, this is the first thing that we read here where we're pulling this from. This is the way that we have unity. And the, the verses broke down like this. Living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind or humility. And meekness, which is unselfishness, gentleness, or mildness, with patience, bearing with one another, and making allowances because you love one another. Did you hear that? Making allowances because you love one another. Ain't nobody in this place that says, I'm perfect No one in here does. So why in the world would we look at somebody else and think that they should be? Ain't nobody in here that says, I want everybody everybody to look at me and judge me and and do, you know, and and I know judging is is a word that's that's overused. I'm I'm talking about in the church, okay? I don't, you know, I want to be put up on a pedestal. I want for, no. Ain't nobody in here that wants to get up on that pedestal. Ain't nobody in here that that wants everybody looking at what you're doing. All right? So why do we do it to others? Why is it that we want everyone else to have patience with us? Come on now. But yet we don't want to have patience with anybody else. Help us, God. I'm trying to give us... Three vital things if we want unity in this church to pull down the strongholds, all right, to see our community come to the Lord, to see great and mighty things happen. I'm trying to help us here today to understand that we have to be humble ourselves, we have to be meek ourselves, and we have to have patience ourselves with others. Not just asking for others to have patience with us, but also having patience. With others. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Whenever somebody says, run a, 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 a inverted triangle two. Now, I can jump on that. I can say, I'll take the top. All right, I'll run the bottom. I'll run the, the, one of the foul lines, the left or the right. The reason why is because I've learned it and I've taught it for years and years and years. But I guarantee you, probably 90% of you are looking cross-eyed at me right now saying, what in the world is he thinking? What in the world is he talking about? I train basketball players every year to run the triangle two, the inverted triangle two, the boxing one, the three two, the two three. I train them every year to do that. It comes natural to me, but Brother Travis, I've got to be careful Because I've got to remember that they haven't learned it from year to year to year. That they don't know it the way I know it. Amen.
So that's where the patience comes in whenever you're working with a 12-year-old that's coming on to the basketball team that doesn't know much about what's going on and you're having to tra train them on dribbling. If you have to train them on this, you, I don't teach them the inverted uh, defense, the inverted triangle two defense. I don't teach them that right off the bat. I give it piece by piece, little bite by little bite. I'll have them run the 2-3. I'll have them run a man. I'll have them basically shuffle their feet, learning how to dribble, learning how to shoot. All right, what are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you, it takes patience. It takes patience. So what are you saying, Brother Jared? I'm telling you here today, if we want unity, we're going to have to be humble. We're going to have to be meek, and we're going to have to be patient. Amen. That's us. That's us. Amen. Hallelujah. So, in conclusion to Paul's saying, attitudes of humil humility, gentleness, and patience foster unity among Christians. Having stated these three virtues, Paul then stated the manner in which they are to be carried out in one's conduct, bearing with one another in love, and making every effort. Matter of fact, when you look in the Greek, the participle is actually making every diligent effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Keeping the unity. This is what's needed to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I'm going to tell you, we can get practical. We're going to next, the next session. We're going to talk about how that we can help each other. All right? But what you need to understand is that we need to fix us first. We need to work on us first and make sure that we are because every link in this chain has to be linked together. It has to be strong. It has to be all these things that we talk. We've got to be right. We're only as strong as our weakest link. Amen? Hallelujah. So how are we going to do that? We're going to have to work on us. We're going to have to work on us. God help us to be humble. God help us to be humble. God help us to be meek and gentle and mild. I'm going to tell you something. I understand we, we've, got, we, we've got a culture, not just here but everywhere, to where it's, it's just kind of taking jabs at each other. You know what I mean? We do it in our home. But be careful. All right? Be careful. There are ways that you can correct things. I've got to be careful in the school and everywhere else, making sure that I handle it the right way with meekness. Amen? Hallelujah. With gentleness, with mildness. Hallelujah. If we want the results that, that God has intended for us to have, we're going to have to do it with the right spirit. Hallelujah. We're going to have to do it with the right spirit. And last of all, be patient. When you have a child that's walking for the first time, I, I, I said this, I was preaching about this years ago, and I actually heard it here and it reminded me this morning in our lesson. When you have a child that's walking for the first time, they're stepping out, they're walking towards you. When they take that first step, I mean, you'd think mom and dad are having a conniption. I mean, they're just hopping around, they're grabbing the camera, they're doing everything that they can to try to get the first step of little baby. All right? Matter of fact, you see them after that, after they start, you know, pulling up and everything, 
It seems like that the camera is real close all the time. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. It's going to be the time. All right, I'll send it to you today in, the, in a text message. You're going to see little Johnny's going to walk for the first time, taking his first step. <laughs> well, you see them, they, they, they're ready. And then they step out and they, and they, they take that first step and, and then they fall. And the first thing that the parent does is say, man, what in the world are you doing? Why in the world are you falling? Look, did you see how that fall? Did you, did you see that fall? Did you see that failure right there? And getting down there to little Johnny and saying, Johnny, get back up again. What's the matter with you? Go get me some tea. You can walk now. That's not what happens, is it? That's not how the parent helps. That's not. No, no, no. When we see him walk, there, there is a party you know, on, I mean, it goes on Facebook, it goes on Instagram, it goes, I mean, it goes everywhere that you could imagine. You, there's phone calls being made, everybody's, you know, everybody's so happy, and then, and then it's, take a few more steps. And then it's two steps, and all of a sudden, another party's thrown, and they're calling mom and saying, hey, took two steps today, man, this is great. I mean, what are you saying? I mean, now three steps. Now, before you know it, they walked across the kitchen today, and it seems like that it's three or four weeks of grandma getting phone calls and saying, hey, grandma, you know, you don't believe what happened today. All right, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, it's one thing. Why? It's because the focus is not on the fall. The focus is not on the failure. The focus is on the what? The progress that's being made. And I'm going to tell you here today that if we're going to have unity in this church, it's going to come from us not focusing on the fall and us not. I'm not saying it doesn't need to be taken care of. I'm not saying, no, we will. And the leadership is there for a reason. But I want you to understand we're not focused on the fall. We're not focused on the failure. You can't look across the place and say, look how they fell. Look how they know. Let's just be grateful for the progress progress that's being made amen let's look at the progress that's being made man thank God so and so got a touch here tonight man they may have acted like a devil this week but thank God they went you know what I'm saying you look at that husband saying thank God he's praying good you look at that wife said man thank God she ran around maybe she'll fix me some dinner tonight I'm going to tell you you're looking at the progress all right you're looking at the pro that's the focus the focus is the progress hallelujah and that's what I want to encourage you here today to do if we're going to have unity, this is the way it's going to be done. We are going to have to look through the right eyes. We are going to have to put our focus in the right areas. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to me here today. Hallelujah. Let me, let me, let me go on to say this. We're going to take a few weeks here, and we're going to be talking about unity. I'm going to encourage you that if you have had ought against somebody in this church, if you talk bad about somebody, if you've done something to somebody, if there's been aught that's there, if you have bad feelings, I'm going to encourage you in the next couple of weeks, take care of it. Amen. We're making chains here. We're pulling down strongholds. We're binding the strong man. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. If, you, if, you, if, this is, if you've got aught, go to him and talk to him. Take care of it so that we can have unity the way that we need in our church. Amen. Hallelujah. Unity is vital. It is an ingredient that you cannot do without. We're going to see growth right here at Lighthouse. Hallelujah. All right.